0: Welcome to the show. I'm James. I'm David. I'm Sarah. And I guess I'm Riley. And today we are discussing <laughs> your problems. We'll laugh. <laughs> we'll argue. We might get a little too into it, but at the end of the day, it's your life, buddy. It's <laughs> mailbag episode, baby. Yes. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert. Uh, get bad advice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I want to reduce the anxiety of whoever is listening and send something in and think that we're just going to laugh at them. We we're gonna- not.
2: No. But we, we already qualified. did that
1: when read your question no. before. Okay. <laughs> this is not financial advice or life advice. We are not lawyers. They send in questions to get advice, and we tell them it's not. I mean, it's not. We're just giving our opinions. We're the show
0: that someone named the big LeBrowski called A Good Podcast. Seriously, though, in their five star review, which they entitled Riley Appreciation. (laughs) They're Australian, though, so I think that means Um, they don't like you. Yeah, it's opposite day. day. It It flushes the other way. Next week, South Park. Bigger, longer, and uncut. More formative comedies. We're doing it. Woo! Riley's a South Park hater. I can't wait. I'm not a hater. I just have never watched it. Mm -hmm. I don't see a reason. But you won't watch it. That's well. No, I just I hate this guy. I just don't. (laughs) James is triggered that I don't watch it. (laughs) But today it's mailbag therapy episode all day. We got some good questions from some good people. But first, a message from our sponsor Vessi. Soggy sock season is upon us That's a thing, soggy socks uh, Mm. Which means it's time to put those boat shoes back on the shelf, baby And Vessi, they make sneakers with a waterproof material that offers you assurance when the weather report can't It whispers in your ear It's called (laughs) Dymatex, And it's gonna keep you warm in the winter and cool in the summer Vessi's shoes are comfy, they're breathable, they're lightweight Plus, Vessi's giving away a free pair of socks for the first hundred people to use the code Mm. SOCKS T-J-M SOCKS SOCKS so check out their early Black Friday sales with the link below. Saks. Saks, DGA. Sachs. Thanks to Secret Lab for sponsoring today's video. Whether it's a, it's business or it's play, Secret Lab chairs are designed to keep you comfortable for long hours. I tried to make a noise with it, but it's just so Giving pneumatic. Giving people advice. For Friday, for Black Friday, they're uh, currently offering up to $300 off select products. The Secret Lab Titan Evo 2022 is shaped to support you while distributing weight evenly and leaving pressure from your butt. They come in a variety of upholstery, so there's a style and comfort to suit your needs plus they offer a five-year extended warranty and a 49-day return policy that's seven times seven so uh, they have your back and and your butt and more way than one (laughs) head to the link in the description and check out secret lab today secret lab Hmm. thanks to brilliant for sponsoring this video brilliant is a hands-on interactive way to learn stem topics They offer thousands of lessons with new topics to learn each month, like their Computer Science Fundamentals course. Hmm. Their services can be used to supplement a college education, or you can use it if getting smart is just a passion of yours. Not me. You weirdo. I like being dumb. Stay dumb, baby. (laughs) If you don't understand the basics behind a problem, where do you even start your troubleshooting? The first 200 people who head to brilliant.org slash TJM will get 20% off an annual premium subscription. It's better than
1: using the Windows troubleshooter. Or asking us to solve your problems for you, Riley. Give us the synopsis. <laughs> uh, well, there. One day there was there were people on the internet, and they had life is complicated, and so at the end of the movie, they all got the perfect solution from the. the they're just moviespodcast. Okay, who are we going with here? We we changed <laughs> that was all the real names Rick and Morty style. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> a thousand years answering questions. <laughs> was um, perfect.
0: We're gonna go. We're gonna start with Mister Poopy Butthole.
1: <laughs> uh, speaking how, of Rick and Morty, Oh
0: appropriate! That was already written down here. It was. Oh, wow. That was their name. Please help me think through jumping back into the dating world after being a single dad for four years. I've been on a few dates, but dating is tough in the thirties. Always tough, to be honest, but it seems tougher. I guess the specific advice and thoughts I'd enjoy your take on is how to balance wanting to be a present dad and still find time to further my needs as well. Hmm. David, I would love your take as a person with a significant other who has kiddo, And James and Riley would love your thoughts as dads. Hmm. And Sarah, I, I didn't write this, but Sarah would love your thoughts too. <laughs> That's a James parenthetical. <laughs> that in there. I'm working through this in therapy and on my own, but would love your thoughts. Thanks, guys. Hope the episode goes great. Man. If, well, it's happening now, is it not? No. I mean, I, I feel like David
1: is also a good person to start here because you have been in the dating world. Mm-hmm. I haven't been in the dating world since the apps. arranged marriage. That's right. <laughs> we were together since we were 11, mm-hmm. and it was, it was meant to be. 11th heaven. <laughs> um, but what is it, is it rough out there, David? It's it's different.
0: How old were you when you were last in the market? Last in the
3: dating pool was last summer. So 30? Mm. 30. And it was uh, it was interesting. It was very different. One thing I really appreciate about dating my 30s is you can be much more just like forward. You mm. just say what you want, say what you're looking for, right. and people respond to that. It's not this game of like trying to be cool like it was in your 20s. And so I like the online dating scene. I think it's been really good for just like, you know being like forward with exactly what you're looking for you meet people that kind of have similar things you chat with them a little yo, bit yo
0: i'm not into unibrows
3: yeah exactly <laughs> no but you pluck you that find, thing
0: or get out
3: i found that i was able to figure out if i had good chemistry with people pretty good on the on the apps i have i'm pretty comfortable texting and messaging do you try people. to get off
0: the app asap no like I, just like see if you have any kind of humor connection and then just get to a date to like really suss it out or do you spend time with the messaging
3: Both valid approaches. I, with myself, I found myself generally trying to push for a date. It's like the easiest way to see if you're going to mesh with someone is to just meet in person, see if you have that chemistry. Because you can have, like, text chemistry, but you don't have in real life Mm. chemistry, and that's different. Um, But I've also been on dates with people where the first date was awkward, but we had messaged well, and then we kind of, like, pushed through to a second date, and then all of a sudden it kind of clicked. It's hard. There's no, like, turnkey solution to online dating and I think having to balance your own kid with like dating is really hard it's right because you're
0: coming in with someone as someone with no children mm -hmm. and then you ended up dating somebody who has the age of this 14 now it's 14 so Mm -hmm. they
3: were 13 when I started dating them
0: right a little bit of a different (laughs) calculus when (laughs) you've got your own kid somebody could clip that yeah we don't know how old Mr. Poopy Butthold's daughters are. He said four years, right? Oh, he well, sing- he's been single single dad for four years. So they're, you know, the youngest one's at least Is it four, a daughter? Pre- presumably. He, yeah, daughters. All daughters, I think. I do not see it, but.
2: Does that make a difference? Well,
0: I've talked to this person for a while. Okay. All we right. We have a relationship oh, okay. on Twitter. You should open the Twitter. No, <laughs> I won't. Um, so we, and it, I'm assuming. One zero context. We know he's in his 30s, but we don't know how deep into the 30s, but it's a. <sighs> Sarah. Were was, you on the dating apps
1: at
2: all? I was, definitely, mm. but I think because I was on the dating apps right when I hit 18, I was like, okay, let's wow. let's have some fun. Yeah. You
0: know? <laughs> let's go! Yeah. Um, it didn't exist. I, I was on dial-up. Think... Dial-up, <laughs> dial <up>. yeah. <laughs> Just 911 like numbers. Yeah. Anyways, go ahead.
2: Um, I... What I was going to ask is, do you think going into dating apps is the best way to start going back into the dating pool? Or do you think looking at like singles events or Mm. going to restaurants and stuff and like it's the lowest friction?
0: So I think that it's it's so like you might as well try it. Yeah, because I feel like I might recommend somebody go to like a dating event at some point. But it's like, why not just try the apps? I mean, it's, like you're busy. This person's going to be busy, right? Like yeah. he's got a f- probably has a full-time job and it's another full-time job when he has the kids. I think there's pro- it's probably a like a split custody situation. Mm-hmm. I man, think this that guy might you... actually have a ton of time when he doesn't. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> Cuz I
1: mean, like,
2: oh, I'm sorry. Gonna go okay, I was going to say I personally just haven't had any luck with dating apps. Like I find I guess the people my age are there for like pretty much one reason and that's not to be in a long-term mm. relationship. So well,
0: it depends on what app probably that, too. that's true But well, yeah. all the apps Whatever have, the, have it in into. common that the apps want. They don't want to lose customers. Yeah. They're incentivized to keep you on the app. Right.
2: So I feel like if you're ready to go back into the dating pool, I'm not sure if just jumping into dating apps is going to be the thing or just kind of waiting for something to happen naturally.
0: Mm. The thing is, though, like the older you get, the less and like the less you go out and stuff like that, you really only have access to finite pools of people. Yeah. It's like right. who you work with, friends of friends and, like, whatever hobbies you do is is basically it. This guy's got all these kids. Those kids gotta have friends. Those friends gotta have moms.
2: Of course. (laughs) Put your kids (laughs) in, like, soccer soccer and stuff.
1: Start telling your kids to, like, go ask their parents if, uh, maybe, maybe you want to see somebody. Do you have a dad? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Like you were saying, James, I think that, like, uh, you know, obviously in-person things are superior for getting a more complete picture of somebody quicker uh, than, like, you know, because someone can always put something on their profile and it seems uh, enticing and you maybe you, you have some chemistry and text and then you meet each other and you're just like, oh, no. So, like, that's, you know, meeting them in person, you're going to have to do that eventually. So, it's like, that's a better thing, but it's a lot of time. I mean, like, you're con- committing probably a full evening or a day or and it whatever. can get expensive. Yeah, yeah, and, like, you know, if you can just pop open the app and, you know, and start. And you see a family photo and you're like, okay, they have kids. That's, yeah, a, yeah. that's
3: definitely a pro tip. If you feel the pressure to spend a lot of money on that first date, it's not a good date you want to go right. and like do something pretty casual something that you feel comfortable doing don't spend a bunch of money because there are people that are looking for free meals yeah uh and so i think we, i was we... talking
1: i'm talking about these like singles events though where mm-hmm. they're like oh you yeah. know like, maybe like uh, speed dating or whatever or there's a thing i think in uh, the lower mainland here called the, oh, events yeah, here the and radio. adventures yeah yeah, yeah 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 and you can just like sign up and go do like mm-hmm. fun activities with a bunch of single people mm-hmm. And that would be cool I feel like you should probably if you can do the app and that kind of stuff in parallel but you know the, again this is me I've I've been with my wife now for 12 years Yeah, rub so. it in big so like,
3: <laughs> I feel like something that gets lost in the dating discussion is we are constantly focusing on who you're looking for but the key is like you want to be the person that you're looking for is looking for and you mm-hmm. want to be ready for when you find someone that you want to date that you're dateable and you're ready to be dating and so it's important to work on yourself first and like I don't know where you're at with like your confidence and where like you're at with your your happiness and stuff but that is essential it doesn't matter how many dates you go on if you're not happy and not necessarily physically attractive but like personality wise attractive it doesn't matter how many dates you go on none of it will work out you have to work on you and be ready for For sure
0: for sure we have several other questions that are about Dating, but uh, let's get to the crux of Mr. Poopy Butthole's question, which is specifically about balancing right. his needs with mm. trying to be a present dad. Because, like, he has this other element to it. Like, let's say he does hit off somebody, he needs to integrate this person into his life and his kids' life. So, that's a greater risk, right? Mm. Like, you don't want to bring people around that are only to be, you know, let's say it's date three and then you introduce to the girls and then they don't make it past date five. It's like you don't want to introduce. These people to your kids that early and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. You kind of do, but you kind of don't. Like, you need to know that well, they get along. I can tell you the journey that I had
3: to go through to make it work. So, my, Cassie's kid uh, didn't want to meet me until like I took her on a date, uh, and so she wanted me to like date Cassie for a bit and like make sure that things were working, and then I would take Zoe on a one-on-one date, and like she would grill me and do this stuff. <laughs> it didn't work like that. Wow. But um, I thought that that was kind of an interesting thing where it was like you do a couple dates, like you can meet the kids or, or not, but then there's like a very intentional, like if you're going to date or not, like there's more of a commitment early on, I think when they have kids,
1: mm, um, for sure. But I mean, you're basically signing on not just to be a boyfriend, but a dad. Yeah.
3: And that, yeah. that it was interesting because I didn't plan on dating someone with kids, but it, it's, I mean, it kind of happened and it, it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if there's like a big enough answer. I almost want more context. Do you, I know. do
1: but, you feel like, do you feel like, uh, kind of connecting with uh Cassie and then finding that there are kids involved did that were you like uh-oh or were you well, like I knew right
3: away like it's in
1: her profile or whatever Right 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 but did that change the calculus for you were you kind of like oh man here we go or is it like sure it's no big deal
3: Uh definitely changes the calculus I'd like I'd like to be like oh you know it doesn't matter it doesn't change but it's like for sure that's a huge commitment yeah. to date someone that has a kid cuz like I'm not her dad, but I am, you know, a figure in her life that's of influence and important. I help take care of her and pay for
0: stuff. Right. For Mr. Poopy Butthole, though, he's he's probably is probably less so like that. He might expect to be creating a combined family where he's he might find a partner who also has their own kids. And that's a whole other thing. Then you got to introduce the kids. Yeah. Yeah, I think
2: down to the root of things. Uh the best advice would be being just upfront immediately about wanting to find somebody who is respectful of you and your time with your kids. It's mm. clear
0: that his greatest priority is his kids. Yeah, right.
2: exactly. So just be honest about that. Be upfront because the more that you drag on a conversation with somebody and then bring it up, if you are talking to somebody who's wants to be reliant on their significant other, obviously a relationship like that wouldn't work out. Mm. So yeah, just be upfront about it.
1: Yeah, I would say continue to prioritize your kids, obviously, because uh, if you bring in someone and you're like, "Oh, this person might be perfect, and uh, I have such good chemistry, or whatever," but it's having a toll on my on my relationship with my kids and my ability to be a dad. Mm-hmm like as a dad I think that like you want to like it's it's not wise to take a risk on someone knowing that there's a good potential for you to like damage your relationship with your kids or like you know take something away from them
0: oh and listen to your kids man yeah listen to your kids because my I had an awful stepfather for many years and uh we there was warning signs day one <laughs> right. and like me and my sister just like we told my mom like you know we expressed ourselves and it didn't matter mm. and so that was just a betrayal right right and so you don't want to be set up like that
3: yeah i also, mean but... i think it's just important to ask the hard questions early on too like cassie's last partner like by the end of the relationship was pretty open about not wanting to have zoe in her life like yeah. she wished that like it was just you know the two adults and like didn't have to take care of them and I think like there was the signs early on. Even Cassie knew it early on, but she, like you said, she, they kind of just denied it or you put it, you push it to the background and you don't think about it. Or you so, think like, you can
0: change people. Yeah,
3: don't, don't plan on changing someone. Mm. If you have a bad feeling, like explore that, go into it. Don't just push it to the background because it's a lot harder to stop dating someone six months, a year, two years in than it is to just yeah. stop dating them right and away. And
1: it's also a lot harder. I don't want to say, like, obviously getting into a relationship thinking that you're going to change somebody is always kind of, like, not a great idea. But the fact is that people get together young and then they change. Like, you change throughout your 20s. And by the time you get into your 30s, you've kind of, like, solidified. So, like, it's especially it's especially not a great idea to get into a relationship in your 30s thinking that, oh, they can change later. Like, they're probably not no, going no, to, no, no. and you're probably not going to. So so find somebody where it's like you're,
0: yeah, both it of your friends
1: solidified personality
0: work together. It sounds obvious, but you you really do have to resist the temptation because if you're really having a tough time out there and you finally meet someone who thinks, like, okay, I can actually talk to this person, you're going to have this like sunk cost fallacy yeah. where you're like, well, maybe I can change them this way or they'll end up being that way. Right. And you're going to want to do that because you just went through all this bullshit like on so many failed dates or just... Mm. People yeah. not responding to you or, you, you know, you're going to want to make you justify it.
1: You cannot play the games that young people play of like, well, we're working through some stuff and maybe we can no. still change it. A little. It's like when you're when you're at this point, you just kind of you just be honest. When, when you have kids, too, that are in the house, yeah. it's like you have to be exactly honest with yourself and with them. I will give like a I feel like some of the things we're saying sound kind of negative and I will give sort of an optimistic take here where I know multiple people who have uh had relationships end at or after their 30 year old Mark. And they all were uh, really anxious about their ability to meet somebody again, because everyone says, Oh, dating in your thirties is really hard. And like, Oh no, everyone, the clock's ticking and blah, blah, blah. And you know, there is that anxiety there, but it, like all of the people that I know that were in that position, uh, are currently, they found somebody and they are currently happy in a relationship. And I you know, who knows if they'll last or whatever. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that um, don't be overwhelmed by the negativity and the anxiety of getting into that time in your life and being like, oh, I got no time left. No. There's time, there's people out there. Uh, you know, And
3: as shitty as it is, uh, it's a lot easier for a man in their 30s to date, I think, than it is for a woman in their 30s.
0: For sure. Uh, is it?
1: Well... I would, I would say maybe the opposite. Really? Well, because girls... Depends what you're after. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I, w- I would say that uh, this is sort of like a patriarchal thing where, like, men continue to be rated attractive, like, into middle age, mm-hmm. and as women approach middle age, their attractiveness
0: decreases. Not my <laughs> wife.
1: Statistically. <laughs> yeah. Statistically. I'm not saying whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm She's an outlier. Okay, yeah, great. I'm Going just saying, the other way. I'm just saying, so that that's one thing anyways, mm-hmm. uh, but... I have not experienced dating in your 30s, so maybe... I uh, Love you, maybe, bae. Uh, okay. <laughs> I also love my wife. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, well, I don't know this, the numbers Yeah. about difficulty, but... I think the key is... It's different for everybody. Yeah. I feel like to find the balance, you have to
3: decide for yourself how much time you want to spend with your kids and prioritize that and make sure you're not sacrificing that time. Like, like I know with Cassie, she would make sure that each week there's like, Mom, daughter date mm. t- date night, and it's right. like it doesn't matter if that's the only night we could hang out. It's like we just wouldn't hang out, and she would have that with her daughter. Yeah. So you prioritize that, make sure that you have the stuff that works for you, and you invest into that relationship. I know that's for myself, good... I'm I'm always in danger of hyper fixating on you know the new project, which would be like dating, like oh yeah, I right. gotta find a mate, whatever. But then you kind of let everything else slide because you're not focused on that. Prioritize your. Can't
1: yeah, let those kids slide. Yeah, exactly. That's a great, like, concrete suggestion to end this one off. This mm, would be right. like, pick a day, have a daughter date night. Yep.
0: That brings us to Kane. Do you want to read this one?
1: <laughs>
2: okay. My wife and I are very different types of people. We come from very different backgrounds, have very different interests, likes. You get the idea. On paper, that seems like it wouldn't work, but in practice, it's actually very refreshing. We've both expanded our hori- horizons quite a bit, discovering new music, culture, and activities that we now love, uh, and may, nev- may have never been exposed to otherwise. But the one thing that drives the biggest wedge between us is politics. Ah. That's a tough one. You can only avoid it coming up for so long. My solution was to do what anyone in my position would do. I edit the Wikipedia pages to make my opinions facts.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, What? <laughs>
2: Here's where the problem lies. No, sir, that is the problem. Um, (laughs) Lately, they've been redacting my edits so quickly that they're gone before the argument even starts.
0: (laughs) It's your wife, actually. She knows.
2: (laughs) My best solution so far has been to write in my notes app what I want to add to the Wikipedia. Copy it to my clipboard so I can quickly edit and paste it uh, in right before I start the argument. Hoping you tech guys have a better solution. Dude, this is not the way... No, Okay, but is this
1: guy joking? I feel like, a a kind of I feel a like it's a joke. I,
0: I don't I think no. It's gotta I think be a this joke. <laughs> real. This it's is go, real. It's gotta be a joke.
2: We have to treat it like it's a real situation. If you put okay. as much
0: energy into being an open minded listener as you do into trying to make it like create a reality distortion field, uh, I think your relationship would be healthier. Certainly, yeah. yes. I just okay. you clearly don't have sound arguments. What? Yeah, if you have to
3: make up facts, then maybe you need to examine what your beliefs are.
1: <laughs> I, I I have to, okay, I have to believe this is a joke, but let's, okay. I My gut to, says it's a joke, can too. You're really saying
0: like, that is very scathing. What if it's not a joke? I'm like
1: 80% of the way, I would I would bet money that this is a joke, but audience,
0: let's pretend that it's not us. a joke. No, no, no.
1: Let's pretend that it's not a joke, and you actually think that it's a solid solution <laughs> to to edit wikipedia so that you can prove to your wife that you're right even though you know that you're wrong uh <laughs> cuz you're manipulating facts that's a horrible thing to do and you shouldn't do it so i'm not going to give you advice yeah. about how well, to make it, that better
0: it just goes to show that your arguments aren't as examined as you might think they are you cl- to me it says i don't actually have when you get you know when you think you have like an airtight yeah. belief and then you get an argument with someone and you're like damn it they're kind of winning I don't have an answer for these things. I know in my heart that they're wrong, but I don't have answers ready. Um, Yeah, you just don't. Your answers aren't good, man. You need to examine and be be open. You might maybe you're too tribal and you need to be open to actually uh, hearing the other side. Yeah, that said. No, sorry.
2: I was just going to say, Wikipedia aside, uh, considering everything, the umbrella of all of the wonderful things that have come uh, because of your relationship, you need to look at the factor. Uh, That is not ruining it, but like, you know, bringing it down, bringing the mood down and um, like figure out the best way for you and your wife to communicate that uh, this is a problem. Uh, and then yeah just go from there like be honest with each other if this is really something that's putting a knife in your relationship you have to talk about it and if you don't talk about it it's just going to continue to get worse maybe, yeah. we,
1: should, maybe we should address the, uh, the common issue of like political disagreements in
0: relationships yeah, I think that's a... I think a uh, healthy thing to do is to find common ground sometimes mm-hmm. we can get yeah. so in the weeds yeah. with an argument it really feels like we're arguing like if you believe X you're evil and if you believe why you're virtuous, mm-hmm. uh, and that these two things are just so miles and miles apart, but a lot of time we're actually just arguing kind of minutia, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, hey, we're all on the same team. We all want every every person, to, every child to be fed and every person to be happy. Right. We just disagree about the best way to allocate funds to do that. Yes, you know, like opening up with that kind of common ground is
1: this is a we we're we're talking to that's a good vibe we're talking to individuals in relationships and we're also talking to the entire uh population of the of the earth right now where oh i'm sorry you have to especially when like it comes to uh divides in populations that have to live together or people that have to live together it's super super important to remember this that at the end of the day you want very similar things you're talking about methods Mm -hmm. and uh you know that could be extrapolated to like the political landscape in general but go ahead David
3: yeah I think that it's important to get off online because everything is so politicized and it's needs to be simplified because you know we consume headlines and we consume tweets we don't consume Mm. information and I think that if you take a break from this the things that are radicalizing you both to whatever side and you like like you said, you find the common ground and work together to discuss. I think that's a lot healthier than. Yeah. And like in arguments in general, when you're discussing with your partner, you're not trying to be right. You're trying to work through it. Right. Like it's like not just political discussion. Like when you're in a fight or whatever, don't try and win the fight. Yes. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, try I mean to this be this smarter is, at the end. This yeah. is
1: like number one relationship advice: is don't try to win fights. Try to gain understanding and 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 you don't even really have to come to like an agreement per se as long as you end it by saying to each other i understand
0: where you're coming from and that's it especially if it just doesn't matter yeah like i remember um like politics being a pretty (laughs) it's a joke i'm a i'm a i'm a pro-choice person i'm not a a forced birther but my (laughs) wife i remember when i first met her uh, and this actually speaks to the your description here. I, there's things I used to think that, like a checklist of things I thought I needed in a partner. And then I met my now wife and I was like, wow, you don't check a lot of these boxes. But turns out it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like, well, yeah, the check boxes, the checklists are uh, I go, I, never I, a great my idea. My ideal partner would be like an artist. It's like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. it doesn't matter. You can have friends who are artists. Right. And your partner can be an accountant. It doesn't yes. matter. Um, but she was, uh, she's not strictly pro-life, but she's more pro-life than me. And I thought that like, you know, I could never be with someone like that. Uh, turns out, well, didn't matter in our relationship. We had our kids and now I have a me. So <laughs> who fucking cares? Why argue about it? Because it's yeah. not even applicable to your own life. Like, well, for an example. I mean, I think that like, you know, most
1: political disagreements there at the end of it, you're not going to like enact policy. Uh, you know, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it. They, they all are like theoretical and abstract to a certain degree. But I think that uh, it's super, super important to, uh, uh steel man the other person's case so like straw man would be like setting up a crappy version of their argument and attacking it steel man would be setting up a strong version of their argument and actually considering it you know yeah. so i think that this is super important for you when you're in your relationship with someone else and you're having a political disagreement or a disagreement about everything don't try to win yeah. try to understand try to help them understand your position
0: and uh, Or just lie and say that you do agree with them because they don't know what you're voting for anyway. Yeah. Or edit
3: Wikipedia. Well, and I think, and we're kind of giving high-level advice of like, if you're in control of your emotions, sure. how do you do it? I think a big Super thing hard. is always be, always ask for space if you need it. If you're like getting upset and you know that you're going to like attack or you're going to like lash out, it's really important just to like, I am really upset, I'm really triggered whatever i feel myself i feel myself i really would like to continue to this discussion because i know it's important to you but i'd like to just like you know take take a little bit of time go for a walk go for a drive whatever and that's a huge key to success for me you gotta recognize your own patterns totally you also
0: have to recognize that men and women have different half-lives or how long it takes to calm down (laughs) on stuff this is like this is a scientific fact speaking
1: well just say speaking very generally yeah, sure. Just there's like there's a radio on, lab uh, ab, podcast where you can listen
0: yeah. to. Yeah, it.
2: it's not a matter of changing the other person's mind or beliefs or ideals. It's about explaining why you believe in what you believe in, and if the other person disagrees, then you come to that and right <laughs> don't bring it up again. Mm. Like
0: or just I just break up and date someone who okay. thinks yeah, like yeah, you as do. as long
2: as it's not hurting anybody and it's a healthy conversation, mm. then like let it happen.
0: I will say,
1: as someone who had like this extremely unemotional logical approach to disagreements like this uh, when I was younger this is something that I've learned to do in adulthood uh, not only the fact that like I have to give someone space to to like work through their emotions uh, you know if they are if they are like feeling intense in a situation and they like need a second I'm like okay I've learned to like give that space mm-hmm. and I also need to like I also had to learn, because I this wasn't this didn't come naturally to me. I also had to learn that I sometimes need to you know bug out of the conversation for a yeah. second and just like collect myself. Yeah. And it's super easy to forget that both parties. That's important for both parties to realize. For sure. Uh, I f- I
3: find like you can you can find yourself feeling the escalation like your voice raises and you do this and like yeah. for me a big very practical tip is just repeat what they said back to them more calmly than they said it to you like whatever they said like give it back to them in like however many words right and like use that as a chance to really listen and understand like you said steel man their argument and just like take a second you've
0: heard of breakup sex but what about political fight sex (laughs) you don't even have to break up you get all the benefits hell yeah this could be a thing all right let's move on to easy problem guy (laughs)
3: red wave red wave (laughs) yikes Oof!
0: (laughs) I have a horrible memory and forget things slash get disinterested in things very quickly without meaning to There's a girl at work. I found pretty cute So I talked to her a bit and found out she was pretty into Cod and I played it I also played that with my friends. She played it. She plays Cod Uh, Yeah, yeah, she plays Cod and you also play it with your friends. So you invited her to play Unfortunately, she had to take her grandma to an appointment that day. So it didn't work out. I Was disappointed but understanding of the situation so I let it pass because I'm not a psycho James added that. Uh, But then I completely forgot about her until I saw her again later that week at work. I feel like I should just let it go since I already forgot about her, but I don't want to forget about her because she did seem very cute and more my type. And I don't want to possibly lose out on something. What should I do? Do I understand this right? It's like you invited somebody to like a virtual date. Uh, They had to bail. Cool. But then you didn't follow up. And now you're like, damn, I didn't follow up. And you're asking, should I never talk to her again? No. (laughs) Or what should I do? And to me, the reason I'm calling you easy problem guy is because you just obviously talked to her again. Uh, And I think, honestly, the fact you forgot about her is working in your favor because everybody knows people, especially young people, want what they can't have. Mm. So by you not talking to her for days and days, you look awesome. She's going to want you so bad. So what you do is you go and talk to her again, and but instead of you focusing on... Depends. Yeah, it depends. Everyone's going to have their own take. This is my take. <laughs> okay. I'll give mine you after. Go, <laughs> you go and talk to her again, and you, instead of framing it as, oh, I'm so sorry I didn't get back to you, you frame it as how a caring person's mind would work. I'm so sorry I didn't follow up and see if your grandma's okay. Ooh. That's good. See? Done this before social I'm, manipulation <laughs> tactics. I'm a caring person, is how I think. Oh, okay, um, that's rather, that yeah, from. man. You, uh, or a person, you just talk to them again, it's like not a big
3: deal. Well, I think don't put so much pressure on yourself to, you know, if it's like to talk to them, it has to be you know, leaning towards dating, just like talk to them like a friend, yeah. like talk to them about COD, talk about your like favorite loadout, and be like, compare what you do in Warzone, yeah, it doesn't have to be. Like, that's something I did when I was in high school was, like, I was like, oh, I like this girl. I've got to be, like, cool and different. And it's like, there's these all the, my friends that are girls that I just was myself with. And, like, don't split it. Just be yourself and yeah. chill. And I think don't that, put pressure on yourself. I think
1: that I remember really thinking that, well, uh, you know, it's like a big deal to, to to label what is happening. Like, you can't just, it's really, it's hard when you're a young person to... Uh, just have that interaction and have that normal interaction without like labeling it you're like what is this are we are we flirting right now or are we just not going to flirt because we're there's no romantic attachment at all like you don't feel the need to label it as much I mean obviously you have the goal and like I think James uh, advice to like ask about the grandmother is a great uh, piece of advice because you if you come in being like so we never had that date. Should we have the date? No. You know, it like it can come come off strong. Well, it's like what she was trying to take care of the grandma, right?
2: Um, I think it's very important not to label it because you don't know what she's thinking in this instance. She could be like, "Oh, this guy's inviting me to play COD." Uh, the whole grandma situation. I just want to say from like my point of view, something Fake that I've made done up. a lot. <laughs> yeah. Is, okay, I was going to bring this up. coming up with excuses not to mm-hmm. play because you're just not interested. Mm. Maybe you have your group of friends that you love playing COD with and you just don't care to play with another person, um, or you're just not interested in this guy, and you don't want to get into a work relationship. Mm-hmm. Right? Because that's another thing to consider: is dating somebody in your workplace can put a lot of different like risks. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something to consider. Uh, aside from that yeah just talk to her again be like hey I'm so sorry we didn't have a chance to play like I hope your grandma's okay like you said if you're interested again let me know when you're free maybe mm-hmm. uh, help kind of engage more conversation from her as well and get an idea from her as to how she's feeling uh, and then yeah go from there and just
0: generally and this is kind of part of what both of you guys have said uh, you might want to switch your mentality I don't know how your mentality is now but it, th- this is a good way to look at it going forward um, a lot of dudes tend to think about getting put into the friend zone, but really, you start in the friend zone. Mm. Like women are thinking of everybody's starting in the friend zone. I mean, if you're lucky, <laughs> you're that zone. or you're in the danger yeah. is, like get the hell yeah, away from the yeah, yeah, zone. Yeah. And then you emerge out into the other plane of more yeah. than a friend zone. Yeah. You, don't, you don't like start there and then lose that. So um, she probably. Yeah, I mean, it's possible just, to just get, talk like she's your but friend. Also, it's
1: possible to get stuck in the friend zone, yeah. but don't that's think that that's you... That's remaining. What? Okay. Yeah, yeah, you... you, you. But don't think that you're like, you've been downgraded into the friend zone by default. Yeah. No, but, just yeah.
2: continue talking about yeah. common interests and uh, see how it goes from there.
1: What were you All say, right. Did? No, that's fine. Oh. We're through this one.
3: All right. I'm sure we'll kind of have similar talking points. The last the thing I one.
1: wanted to say about that one, though, is just that, especially when you're young uh there's there can be this like frantic need to like date people and like oh i need to i need to hook up and i need to blah 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 It's just like it's so your life is going to be so much better yeah. if you just chill I if you just take it easy like if you meet someone and they're cool and you end up hanging out cool but don't feel the need to be like oh i need to i need to Sign the deal. One Easy the, for
0: you to say. You've had sex before.
1: I, <laughs> I'm just I was gonna say
3: one of the most cringe. You know when you look back at memories of your life and you're like, why the fuck was I doing that? Was my
0: entire college experience.
3: Yeah, um, it was grade twelve for me, and I remember I, one day maybe I maybe it would build up for a while. I was just like, I don't want to end high school single. I mm. want to have a girlfriend by the end of high school, right. and I just like. Talk to every girl, and I was like trying to <laughs> suss it out and do it. And I, like, looking back, will you back, date me? Will you date it, me? I never like was quite that bad. I right. think I was that bad in grade eight, but sure. Um, it's not good. It's not a good look to be desperate. It's mm-hmm. not a good look to be like rushing into anything. It's like focus on you, make yourself the best version of yourself you can be. Yeah, and you are gonna find someone. Like how good
0: at cod are you? You maybe should just wait till you're just like really clicking heads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe
2: she's not that great yet <laughs> oh, and she doesn't feel comfortable you do playing with somebody else You do not
0: want yet. to date somebody who
1: hasn't <laughs> prestiged a number of times. Yeah, so bring down your skill base. Is that even a thing anymore in, in
0: no, modern yeah.
3: COD? No, no well, prestige is a thing.
0: Mr. Wayans.
3: I don't know. That's not your ranking.
0: Mr. Wayans. Sometimes life is just super overwhelming It can feel extremely stressful. I find it hard to really bring balance to the force between the joy in life and stress that brings me down sometimes. And I just don't know what to do. How can I better manage that stress? Hmm. Welcome to being a human. <laughs> I would say yeah. have something in your life that is routine and reliable. Mm. That is like a steady anchor um, between the ups and downs that we all inevitably have. If there's something, you know, I can always go for a run and that'll level me out or like, I don't know a, a pet or something something like that a hobby like i know that i have rock climbing on tuesday nights and that's always good something reliable that is just that can I, help you weather these things
3: i think a big thing is really taking a harder look at what you're spending your time doing and looking at what really fills your cup mm. i think it's really easy to get occupied with the stuff that gives you the instant gratification like for me it's video games or social media or whatever and but that stuff doesn't fill my cup And I don't if I stayed home all weekend playing video games and eating food, I wouldn't be more happy at the end of the weekend. I would be placated and I would be like, wow, I had a great relaxing weekend. But like when I examine, that's not the stuff that fills me up, like sitting down and writing, going for a walk, doing this. Like those are the things that like spiritually my being is filled. Right. And I think that's really important to slow down, stopping the stuff that's just fun. And like, like you said, find the hobby, find the thing that makes you feel whole or Mm. not whole, but bigger. Or a mm-hmm. sense of accomplishment. Yeah. Mm. But for a real one, not the video game one. <laughs> yeah, achievements don't count. Yeah.
2: I feel like I don't have anything to say for this because I still have not figured out mm. the best way to manage my time, hobbies, and my
1: stress. Mm. <laughs> I saw
0: an interesting clip from um, Huberman's podcast. Do you know this guy? No. This is his first name? I forget. But uh, Huberman Lab podcast is awesome. And he has one on dopamine. And he was telling people, like, when you... You can really mess up your system if you get dopamine spikes that are too huge. Like mm. going to a restaurant is already like a sweet dopamine hit, but doing that and then like having your phone, which oh. at the same time and having all your friends there, and then yeah, you just like compo- like compound all these different dopamine spikes onto one, and it kind of messes up your huh. system.
1: Yeah, that's really interesting. So you
0: should just like just separate them out. Yeah, and right. Like just be at the restaurant with your friends and like, yeah, don't have your phone out. Don't as be well. afraid
1: to like do just one thing. Um, mm-hmm. The main thing that I was going to say <laughs> about this uh, situation is in, in regards to stress. I think what you said, James is a really important, like finding something that can kind of like bring you down to baseline again. Mm-hmm. But I think that if you find yourself getting up into this, like stressful, panicky state all the time, it can be really helpful to kind of just like identify the specific thing that is like the biggest contributor to the stress. I've been in situations where because of work and personal situations with friends and family and, you know, uh, trying to deal with like house stuff, it's like, everything just seems like it's piling up and, it's super easy to kind of just like go from one thing to the next thing to the next thing to the next thing because you feel like every single thing is so urgent and you can't like take a second. But if you can manage to t- to take a second and really look at all your tasks, I mean, you know, I have ADHD, so it's super easy to like be overwhelmed by everything, writing things down in a list and checking them off and being like, okay, once I do that, I'll feel a little bit better. And once I do that, I'll feel a little bit better. And as you kind of like compartmentalize and realize all of the different components that cons- that's contributing to the state you're in right now uh, can really, really help you to totally. like chip away at that at feeling of stress and get to a point where there's less going on and you have a bit more mental bandwidth because if you are just trying to tread water, like carrying a million things, yeah.
0: you're just going to sink. I need to
2: try that. (laughs) I need to do that
0: at work more. Sometimes there's like so many things going on in the morning and I just get like buzzed. Yeah.
1: Yeah. "Ah." Yeah. I totally
0: agree. Sometimes you put it to paper, you're like, okay, it's not a million things. It's five
3: things. one. sometimes it feels like even when you put it to paper, it's impossible to do. So just like start with the thing that you feel capable to do. And then like the dopamine hit of that will give you a little more capacity to do the next thing. And then, yeah. And even if like that day, you can only do two of the 10 things on your list, the next day you're going to wake up and you're going to have like worked out that that brain muscle a little bit, and then you'll have a little more right. capacity. And just but even,
1: even in a situation where it's hard to tell what exactly is causing the stress, like obviously you're going to be super stressed if you have a million work things to do. Mm. And you're like, oh no, I haven't vacuumed the house in a million days. Blah, blah, blah Like even in a situation where that's not the case and you're just like super stressed all the time and you're not really sure why, if you can kind of like think through all the elements in your life, about like, hey, okay, what has changed? What's different? Like, in for me personally, I went through a huge, crazy. Uh, I've never experienced like anything close to depression before. I think in my life until the pandemic hit, and all my friends—not all my friends, but a significant chunk of my friends—kind of like differed from me very uh, 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 significantly when it came to like political stuff. Obviously, everyone was dealing with stuff at that time, but but I think I was like. Okay, wait, if I address, I think that's the main thing that's changed. And I tried kind of like addressing different things. I tried getting more sleep. I tried like doing things. If you kind of try switching things up and uh, you might be able to identify something that has changed recently that has caused the stress or the depression or whatever, you know? Now, I don't want to say clinical depression, like yeah. fixed depression. I'm just saying like if you find yourself in an altered mental state, uh, there's probably some kind of like root thing that
3: triggered that and i think it's a good time to remind people that the advice we're giving is like the same advice that a friend would give you right if you're really dealing with stuff that you're finding overwhelming it's important to get help and like talk to a professional who will actually be able to navigate these issues but also be able to hear much more about the context and give you specific tools and advice because we're just giving general advice yeah. and stuff that's worked for us for but sure. like we are, we're just we're just people
1: pro therapy they're just get rid of the stigma Th- yep. See somebody, talk to somebody. Everyone
0: needs therapy. Yep. Yeah. Everyone needs therapy. Truly. Yeah. It's the best. Mm-hmm. Everyone should do it. But if you can't afford that, try doing uh, regular exercise, no. uh, sauna section, sessions, and dietary fiber. You get very far with What was the second
1: one? Sonos? Sauna, bro. Oh, sauna. Sauna is
0: very good for you. <laughs>
1: so, no. well, I, I sweat. I'm a sweaty boy. So I don't check it out. Them, check out I sauna. think a
3: lot of my feelings of depression in the past have been like a sense of loss of control. And so, like, I know that, you know, working out is like the big eye roll. Like, oh, you're depressed, you should work out. For me, no, but it it's, really fucking helps. Yeah, and it's, it's like, just hard to get your ass off the couch and do the hundred, first percent. Hundred percent, but it's like, do the thing that you are able to do, and then use the like momentum from that to like get the ball rolling. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so fucking hard to get started, and like I can totally attest when you're stuck in it, it's impossible. It feels impossible. I know
0: that we don't. That no one says his name anymore, but that's actually the Jordan Peterson thing. <laughs> the, the small that's his whole like clean your room thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is the smallest locus of control you have. Is like what well, you can't. You can make your bed. Yep. right that's a very small thing you have control over that you yep. make your bed one day the next day you can make your bed and pick up the clothes off the yep. floor yeah you do all that then you can get your ass to the gym and then right. so on and so on and yep.
3: so on i believe i believe in that we'll call it the jordan peelerson <laughs>
0: ah, i like it it's, yeah. that, it's scary there's someone in your bathroom
1: we can you <laughs> we're just getting like real general now let's get specific what is the thing what the next one phil writes phil
0: well fuck so i just got <laughs> home from a weekend away from for work and this morning my wife says she isn't attracted to me anymore and wants to get separated we've been married for almost three years together for eight years no kids two dogs i still love her and we're best friends but she isn't happy and wants to find someone she's more attracted to i guess so the question is do i push for couples therapy first or do we just separate we talked about the same issue earlier this year and i thought things were getting better more romantic dates but now out of the blue she wants to be done any advice
2: I think if you work well as friends, you need to just end it. I know that's like the (sighs) the worst thing to think about, but at the end of the day, if she's not happy, trying to force yourselves to work isn't going to help. Like, if there's little things that bug her, or if there's little things that bug you in the relationship, trying to change the person to conform to what you want them to be and vice versa, it's not going to work in the end. Um,
0: My my, uh, knee jerk is the opposite, and it comes from my, I once asked my late grandmother what, if she had any regrets in her life. She was like, she died pretty early. So she was only in her 60s when she answered this question. But she said, I wish I had tried. She was like my step-grandma, I guess. Uh, she said, I wish I had tried harder in my first marriage.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and so I took that to heart. And then when my, I have a close friend who was married for three years and then they separated. And I remember when they were going through that being like, yeah, you guys should do couples therapy. You should, you know, you shouldn't you can't just like be in a slump. You should explore all options to try to work through this because, you know, I've seen you guys together. You're both wonderful people. You've loved each other. You've gotten this far in life like maybe you're just talking past each other or something. Uh, I think working on stuff is viable. At the same time, I'm not I think if people like break up, break up and get back together and break up and just like yeah. freaking end it. You guys are not meant to oh, be together. For sure. like, get yeah. the hell out of there. But I think that I think it is a worthwhile to to put some work into trying to make a relationship that's been a long-term relationship to m- make it work i totally agree and i think i think if, if it was like
3: year two of a relationship you'd be like no if you're already like feeling these feelings of uh, like not being attracted to each other or like her not being attracted to you that maybe it's not right but when you're three years into a marriage you've made vows and i think it's worth putting in the work mm. uh, well they've been together for eight yeah. years yes. yeah uh and i think that I remember one of the cheesy... You, you know you go to like church conferences or whatever. And you get cheesy lines that that stick with you. And it was like... The one that's coming to mind is... Uh, love isn't a feeling. It's a choice. Mm. And I think that that's an important lesson. Yep. Is that it's not like you're always going to feel excited and love and attractiveness. It's like at one point you've decided to commit to each other. And it's important to work on that. And I know you're the person that is in danger of being left. So it's not quite the right thing. But I think it's right. important... To not just give up and to fight for it at least a little bit. And maybe maybe a therapist will tell you otherwise, although a therapist will never tell you to break up. That's very right. rare. Yeah. Um, but I think it's also important it's always important to work on yourself. Mm. It's like you can always look at your relationship problems and like you are at least half of them.
0: <laughs> You're at least half the problem. Yeah. yeah. Let me I, drop some more context. Oh, you ready? Yeah. This person's twenty nine. Okay. So they've been together almost eleven years. So that brings you Back to, like, high school.
1: <clears throat> Almost um, 11 years. Oh, they've eight. been married for three years and then together before that for eight oh, years? Oh, sorry,
0: it just says together for eight. My yeah. bad. So, oh, eight years. So, so, so you're 21. Yeah. You're 21, you got together. So, yeah. a lot of tr- changes. That is pretty young. Uh,
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, I was going to say basically the same thing as you guys just said, and the only thing that made me think, like, uh, I don't know if, like, trying to fix this is going to work out is the fact that this came up. He said this came up, or they said uh, early this year and like they, he tried to change things and then it didn't. So it's too late. Well, I'm not going to say it's too late, but I'm just saying that what you were saying, you know, when people like break up and get back together and break up and get back together at that point, it's kind of like, I mean, that is how people get stuck in relationships and then resentment grows. And Mm. then like when they should have just gotten out. So I'm not saying like get out. I think like, obviously I agree with the sentiment that especially once you're married and you are like with this person for this long and you have both decided to be in a long-term relationship hundred percent at that point, love is a, it should be a choice and not a feeling. Like you can't depend on your everyday feelings. Like, Oh today I just like, it seems like recently I just like don't love you as much as I used to. I guess we should break up. Like that's not how long-term and relationships and marriages work. Like the, the way that they work is by choosing someone. Mm -hmm. And, but at the same time you have to have these like conversations about like, okay, okay, is this smart to keep choosing each other if it keeps like getting to this point? So sure. I would say do couples therapy, ask her if she wants to do couples therapy. If she's unwilling to, like, what are you going to yeah, do? It is, at, at the end of the day, the wife says that she wants to get separated and nothing that you can do is going to like stop her from separating with you if she really wants to. Yeah. So, yeah. and you know, suggest that for sure. Do your due diligence and try to make it work uh, because that's what you have to do. But, And it's not going to be if it doesn't work out, it's not the end of the world. You will find happiness. Exactly.
2: Maybe I'm a pessimist, but the way that it sounds in the message is the wife is over it. And I think if somebody comes to that in their brain and feel like they're already ready to move on, there's no point in trying to force it. Well, guess
0: what? This message came in on a Tuesday and I didn't tell you this, but I got a follow up on the Friday. She moved into the guest bedroom and they're going to start the paperwork. They decided to skip the, the therapy because she's pretty sure. Okay. And yeah. this yep. is the second time that she has broken up with him. So, okay. uh, oh, actually, what he says is this is the second time she's broken up with me out of nowhere. So I just can't trust her anymore, which is another element to
1: mm-hmm. it. Mm, yeah, I mean, okay. Well, with, with, with that additional context, uh, yeah, it seems like this is for the best, obviously, because you, you can't keep people in relationships that they don't want to be in. 100%. Um,
3: I think that it's, important i mean it's always hard but i know i've been in relationships where the person asks something different of me and i i change in the way that's easy for me Mm -hmm. and i show up in the way that i can and that i would probably want someone to show up for me but i haven't taken the time and like really you think you've addressed the problem but you haven't
0: and months later it's it's back
3: And, and it's tough i don't have enough context so i can't know if it's that but i know that i'm guilty of having done that And so I think it's, you need to like, look at yourself, see if you've really done what she asked, not just what you thought she asked Mm. and do the work. But I might be very wrong and it might be right to end it. And And like I I said, you will find happiness at the end of it either way.
0: Even that story that I cited, that friend now is in a new relationship, baby on the way, Mm. an awesome match. Like it's, I remember when I first found out That is the previous relationship was ending. I was so distraught and thought like, well, how will they ever be something as beautiful as this again? And guess what? It's as beautiful or more beautiful now. Like, so life Mm -hmm. goes on. Yep. You'll be fine. Just make sure you don't wallow for too long. Put yourself out there. Yeah. Um, There's so many possibilities. Of course. Take care of yourself. Yeah. Don't despair.
2: It's not worth dragging out a relationship that's not working. It gives yourself more time to heal and then move on and find a relationship where both parties are happy.
1: Speaking of moving on <laughs>
0: Juan My wife is pregnant with our first child and is due in three weeks But we are yet undecided on what to name our son My wife has settled on one name But I'm on the fence I'd like to have a few more options If you had to pick the coolest okay. name for a baby boy today What would it be? Wolfgang Trident Alistair <laughs> Otto Otto von Alistair yeah. um, Shamis. <laughs> there's a catch His middle name is going to be Eagle it's a family name
1: flying Eagle. Um, Beagle
0: <laughs> Beagle Mick Eagle yeah yeah Barry Eagle so it's Beagle like B dot if Eagle. you had
1: to pick the coolest name for a baby boy today yeah I don't know
0: McLean the cool the, yeah, I'd say McLean Bobby Wayne <laughs> uh, anyways that was from November 10th so congratulations you probably have a kid now Wow congratulations uh, y- this person Juan gave us a second congratulations to your wife yeah <laughs> <laughs> you did nothing uh, I'd love some general advice from the dads on how you handled the first few weeks with your f- with your first kids I'm scared shitless you well, should be you're already going through it I'll pass on some <laughs> advice that somebody gave to me which um <laughs> sank in over time and I thought was actually really great which was um like I was really preoccupied with a lot of the things there's all these like optimal things to have when you're having a kid mm. like optimally the child will be, will be a vaginal birth and will be breastfed yep. uh, you know so for all these reasons and you'll get a lot of skin to skin and this is the best way. Yeah. And this other dad, he he didn't, I didn't give him any of this context or anything. He just saw me uh, waiting for the elevator and was like, yo, whatever works for you guys is perfect for you guys. Don't worry about any of that other bullshit. Yep. Whatever works is perfect for you. Uh, Unless it's like shaking your baby. Don't do that. Don't shake a baby. (laughs) (laughs) Don't shake a baby.
1: That's good advice. I just I just find that like you know when when he, when the baby just won't stop crying, I just like smack it until it stops,
0: and that works for us. You know, uh, Jesus don't Christ. get overwhelmed with the amount of stuff you can know. I don't know. If, uh, there's so much to know, but a lot of it you don't need to know right now. You don't need to know how old are baby, baby, like what solid food do I give them first? You don't need to know that for six months, but don't learn that right now. Just worry mm. about the stuff that's relevant now. Yeah, you yeah. don't have to be looking at like you don't need what college have... you are going to go to right, right now. Is you that, might have to look at what daycare, though.
1: There is depending a, on where you live, there is like a, a, a desire to like look far ahead and be like, "Okay, we need to have the whole plan." And okay, and we're, buy the buy the clothes now, so we're having like laid out and stuff. It's like, yeah, just focus on the now. But I agree. Do you put money in a college fund?
3: That's a good thing. To yeah, start it early. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, sure. Oh, another yeah. thing. Yeah.
0: yeah. Speaking I mean, of that. General. Speaking of money and, and stuff, dude, buy stuff used. Mm. Buy yes. stuff. Used your kid, you're gonna see your kid's gonna use things for like two weeks. This clothes, these clothes are gonna fit them for a month. You go on Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist, all the shit is brand new because everyone else's kid just used it for a month. Mm-hmm. Don't buy new shit. Tell your friends and family to only buy you used stuff, mm-hmm. it's gonna be hard. They're gonna be like, Well, I thought I was an exception to the rule, so I bought you a new thing. I'm like, No, tell them to buy you used shit. Pass on your used you shit to other people. No, I mean, don't if they, make more crap in this world. Those clothes are just gonna end up in a big pile in Africa getting burned.
1: I mean, if they're gonna buy you new stuff. It's not your money. It's your Earth. It's not my Earth. What are you talking about? All right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to Mars.
0: (laughs) Um, I don't want to die on this planet.
1: uh, I'd I'd agree with uh, everything uh, James just said. I mean, one thing specifically for us was uh, the breastfeeding thing. And Lauren was like, so because for good reason, the healthcare system, I think both in America and Canada, really, really pushes that breastfeeding is the healthiest thing to do for the kid Mm. and that's true but at the same time uh it's not like the end of the world if you have to switch to formula or start with formula or whatever like uh there are a number of things like that where the stakes just seem so high and as you go along you realize Okay, no one's gonna die if we just have to, you know, I'll Always remember. The formula or how
0: whatever. many Pop Tarts and and like craft dinners like and hot dogs you ate as a kid. Yeah. yeah you'll be fine living yes. on like you probably were raised on just sugar. Yes. Yeah. You'll be fine.
1: And and I mean, especially for the non female member of the relationship, uh like have some understanding for what your wife is going through. Uh because especially postpartum, those first few weeks can be hell. It can be even worse than the pregnancy. So uh, have some understanding there. Do your absolute best. Treat her like a queen, okay? She is a queen. And uh, you said you're sh- scared shitless for the first few weeks. I will say that like- You're you, still scared, aren't you? You, you hear <laughs> I'm scared in, in, in the past uh, of what I went through. Uh, that You hear that it's going to be hard. And it fucking is. It's so, so hard. You're going to lose sleep, especially if you are, you know, helping with the kid waking up in the
0: middle of the night. And, and then stuff. you have a second kid and you're like, how did I think that was hard? Yeah. It was so easy.
1: Right, right, right. So
0: yeah, I just um, have to flex on you. Gear
1: there. up. <laughs> yeah, I only have one kid. I just don't understand. Um, <laughs> gear up for, for losing sleep. Uh, but the important thing to know is you will survive. You find a way. It's hard. It's, it might be the hardest thing you ever do in your life but you'll find a way. Uh, Just stay strong.
2: Life always finds a way. Yeah.
1: You find the strength. It's like the, it's like the mom, mom, mama bear
0: picking up the car. Wait, mom Mm -hmm. screwed up those. uh... Captain Chunderpants. (laughs) Captain Chunderpants says, honestly, I'm really lucky. Good, stable job. Honestly, enjoy doing my job. Good pay, good benefits. My wife and I have been together for a long time and we have a good relationship. That's it. Great. Thanks no, for writing. No, there's more, there's more. My persistent dread is that my mother died suddenly and unexpectedly when I was 16 and it screwed me up for 15 years. Bad grades, bad relationships, lots of self-hate, etc. My wife is giving birth to our first child on Saturday, induced, uh, and this is in the past. So congratulations. Um, and I'm terrified that even though I do see a counselor, that some days I feel incapable of taking care of myself. So how am I going to take care of a human completely dependent on my wife and I? It's a good thing your wife's there. Uh, just joking. Uh, Riley and James, I know you have some good experience with kids. Or, yeah, well, we have bad experiences with kids too. Uh, but anyone else can also speak on this. I think this is like broadly apl- applicable. What do you guys think?
1: Everybody is going
0: to screw up their kids somehow. You're yeah. going to screw them up. Have you guys had the experience of like you be shitty and then you go oh my God, I am my father or I am my mother. I am all the time. Like the worst, the things that you do when you're at your worst, is exactly your parents. You're like, oh, it's the worst.
1: Yeah. Those things are going to happen. I mean, the important thing to recognize is a, uh, you know, no one is perfect. Everyone, every parent uh, having a kid for the first time is having it for the first time and you're going to have to figure stuff out and you're going to screw it up and your kids are going to have horrible memories of the time that you screwed it up. The important thing is what you do after that, okay? You made a mistake, now what? Like, you obviously want to do the best that you can to not make mistakes, but they're going to happen. So the stress of, like, being terrified that you're going to, like, screw up your kid in the same way that... Uh, You were screwed up by your experiences. Like, you know, that's a rational fear to have, I'll say, you know, because like that does happen. Mm. But at the same time, recognize that it's rational. So you're not you're not crazy because you're thinking about this. Recognize that there are things that you can do to mitigate whatever mistakes that you may make, like be there, like as long as you uh, it's important to you that you are in your child's life and you are thinking about these things, the very fact that you're thinking about it and trying to be a good dad is going to make you a better dad. Or whatever, then our mother, whoever, then someone who is not thinking about that and is just kind of like flying around. You're going to be flying around, but d- d- don't worry so much about it. Just do your best.
0: Is really it's really. I don't know down. the details of your mother's death. That's true. Um, but odds are, odds are that it was um, beyond anyone's control. And so the same thing could happen to any one of us, mm-hmm. including yourself, right? We could just get hit by a bus, and then our kids would be left with the one parent or no parents. And whoever you have in your surroundings, your, your like grandparents or whatever. Um, And that's awful. And that would screw up anybody. And there's nothing you can do to change that. Mm. That could happen. You get struck by lightning. All you can do is try to make the best memories every day so that if that does happen to you, that's how you remember that. Like your legacy and what your children remember of you is, is what is what you left them with. It's what you put forward. So use that as incentive. It takes effort to be a really great parent and put that effort in. It takes effort to like make a fort with your kids or, you know, to put your phone down and just like put on, have a tea party or whatever.
1: Yeah, I mean, and one thing I want to, uh, what, like addendum is that one thing he said specifically, they said is uh, I feel, sometimes I feel incapable of taking care of myself. So how am I going to take care of a human completely dependent on my wife and I? Yes, that's, that's, that's the feeling. Everyone feels that. Every parent feels that. Uh, when you get to the moment, you somehow uh,
0: just just do. Or you dump it on your partner. Yeah, <laughs> don't do that. Yeah, don't no. do that.
2: Okay, you are your biggest critic but you're also your biggest supporter. Mm. So take the time to prove to yourself, even though it sounds and feels impossible, take the time to prove to yourself and prove to your wife and your child that you are capable. Even if like we said prior to, even if that's one step, one day at a time, like just don't don't be so hard on yourself,
1: but it's mm. <laughs> one thing. If it's yeah. like
0: I make the bottles, I'm great at mixing the formula and I can just do that. Exactly. You know, just take them from there.
1: Identify. Yeah. I mean, that'd be like working with your partner to identify like division of labor, like who does what, like figuring out, Oh, this, there's a, there's a opening here. I can fill that in, you know,
2: do what works All for right. you yeah.
3: and your family. I feel like, uh, I kind of identify with what James is saying is like, if, if you are you lost your mom suddenly, I, that fear would be real. I I I have been with people that they have this huge fear of death, and every day it can cripple them if they let it. But I think the best advice that I've ever seen given was, like, use that fear to make decisions to live your life in a way that fulfills you. And it's like mm-hmm. live, you like treat your kids like not this could be the last day you ever see them, but like that each interaction is meaningful. That it's not just like, I'm tired from work. I don't feel like dealing with this. Like, sorry, dumping on my partner. It's like, no, like this, this is meaningful. This time is important. Like you'll never get this minute back. And once you have kids, that's what you're living
0: for now. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think that's, that's something, there's a switch that flips once you have the kid and suddenly you realize that suddenly you view them as like even more important than yourself So like you're like I'm tired I'm hungry I haven't done my things that I need to do but this kid needs to eat and this kid needs to go to sleep and blah 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 and so you and he needs to have a bath so you you do end up prioritizing that just like subconsciously I
0: never shared food before (laughs) ever and then now I'll be like that's a line I would never cross (laughs) take my only meat yeah yeah I will go without I will eat crackers today yeah this one's a fun one. Winston says, I play, it's not really Winston, but it's fun to say this. Uh, Winston says, I play guitar in a garage band, and we're in the stage of writing a lot of songs. The other guitar player in our group has written the majority of the songs. I am writing a song that we think is a banger. It's always the first thing we work on at practice, and we've been putting off everything else until we finish this song. It's a song that's very close to me. However, the other guitar player keeps adding parts to the song that I really don't vibe with. This is great. I don't want to be a steamroller that shoots down every idea that I don't like. I want the music we make to be the result of a collaborative process. I also don't want this song to be set in stone while having parts that I cringe at while playing or listening to them. Sometimes I feel insecure about voicing these negative opinions because I respect the other guitarist as a musician and a friend. How do you guys compromise when you have the insecurity of voicing dissenting opinions? Oh, cause it's tough. This is, is a tough, tough one for sure.
1: Who's been in a band? I mean, Oh, I didn't <laughs> know we were doing it. I thought we'd just talk. Yeah. Uh, We've yes. been at, almost I,
0: everyone raised their hands. Uh, I haven't been in a, we didn't do a lot of originals that so we mostly a cover yeah. band. Mm. That I was in,
1: I was in a band that did original songs so I can kind of, uh, vibe with this. Uh, that's really, really tough. Like the, the, the core thing about being in a band writing original music is, uh, the fact that it's a collaboration. So you might feel that you don't like it. Uh, I felt that way about some of the stuff that we played, but at the same time, you are in a band and you kind of sign up to do this in collaboration with other people. So there isn't, there's, there's one element where you kind of have to just accept that that's what they're doing. But there's also a part of it where, you know, if you think that it is actually making the song worse, you know, that's something that you guys have to talk about as a, as a band. Like you can't just like, I wouldn't talk directly to the guitarist. I would talk to a couple of the other guys and say, is this bothering all of us? Let's just say in the band meeting. I mean, like, it depends on what kind of band you are. If you're like, you know, this is like a young person thing. You're just kind of like chilling and, and... and, yeah uh, like what and, stage are you band. at yeah and if you're older obviously this this would be more of like a professional situation where you, it's like an
0: actual problem you guys all have to solve but whatever but it is it could, it could be the thing that keeps us from breaking through
1: right regardless you need to it needs to be a collective process because you're a band and you're not just like unless you're not just like you don't get to dictate uh who what licks the guitar guy can do right
0: fortunately though Winston said that that they respect this other person as a musician. So to me that says that other guitarist isn't like bad. Cause I've, I've had been around bands before where like there's someone who's just like obviously worse and they don't know they're the worst. And then like every, they just make every fucking song worse. And you're like, we need to get this person out of the band. It doesn't sound like this person's that it sounds like this person is a, is a strong, a strong force in the band writes. Most of the songs is probably very talented. So to me, that means that, though you might not think that their parts are good fits for your song oh, here, that's another that could be totally yeah, subjective mm-hmm. it could be that you should just ask around and i think just ask the band hey we have these two competing like parts that could go here do you guys like what they're doing do you like this option what do you think is better you could record it and, and ask friends because maybe that's it's just like it doesn't fit the idea that you had for the song but to other people who are not in your mind they think it works great. Well, it's yeah. a part of the challenge of a collaborative process. Is sometimes you have a
3: clear idea of where you want to take it, and someone's really good idea doesn't fit with that. And either like you need to stick with yours and like shield away from that and stay focused on that, or their idea is better, and like you maybe need to move it. Mm-hmm. But I also think practically, what I would discuss is like, hey, maybe these things, these licks you've written, these like these verses you've you've done. That works better for another song. Let's break it off, split them into two different songs, and then we can mm. develop that one because I really like these parts of it. Yeah, and then we can take this and kind of take it more the direction that I wanted. Yeah, another
0: option is to instead of don't tell them what to play and don't just like shoot down what they've done, but maybe just bring them in on. You said the song really close to you. Bring them in on what that, that mm. vision is, and let let them in their way uh, create something for that vision. So go, Hey, like uh, what you're doing is cool, but I always thought this song was kind of more nostalgic or had more of a, you know, it had this emotion to it. And I don't think what you're playing right now really conveys that emotion. Can you show me what you could do if you're, if you're channeling that? Mm -hmm. And then, so then they still get, to have their creative agency in the collaborative process that is the band. And then they give you something else and -hmm. and you go, yeah, that's warmer. That's warmer. That's closer to what I'm going for. Do that even more or like, and then you could give like specific, like go to a minor at this part or whatever. Yeah.
1: And I think, I I think that this can apply broadly to any kind of creative uh, endeavor. Uh, I think that one thing that I've learned to accept a bit more is the fact that like, People, when you're collaborating with people on something creative, uh, you're going to have an idea about how it should go and someone else is going to have a different idea. And, you know, sometimes they're wrong and you have to be like, no, we're doing this because this is the vision. But other times uh, you might like have some like pushback on something. You might feel some like pushback for something that someone else did because you're like, that's not what I was thinking. But it's so much better to allow uh, collaboration and to allow other people to have input, even on things that are kind of like your baby. Like I'm thinking of Tech Longer, where, you know, it was something that I really, 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 really cared about. And I had a really tight vision in my mind of what it would be. I gave it to, you know, Alex uh, Poitvin, uh, one of our editors. And he did a lot of things that I just did not. Uh,
0: expect at least
1: yeah and some of them I'm like I didn't see this coming and you freaking knocked it out of the park you added something that I never would have thought to add and it's so much greater there are other things they did where I was like I don't know about this Uh, no let's change it or whatever but even in that process we kind of talked about it and we could only talk about that and come to something that we were both happy with because we because I brought it up I brought it up that I didn't really love that. And he's pushed back a little bit. And then we end up with something that's even better than both of us were thinking about.
0: Yeah. So, and this is, that can I, happen. It seems like this is one of your first contributions and the other person's written a ton of songs. So I think that you have a little more leeway. You had a little more grace in the bank where you can go, Hey, this is, I'm not used to this. It's this my first, uh, can we just do it my way? Or can we, you know, like, I don't think you have to be that, um, so concerned with the knocking down this guy's ideas until it's like a pattern where it's like every time they do one of your songs, it's your way or the highway.
1: Try not to think of it. Well, okay. It, it, it is your song and, but it's, it's really tough. It's really tough, but you'll be, you'll be better off if you can think of it as, okay, you had this idea for a song and instead of it being your song, it's now, your idea uh, turned into all of your collective... The band song. song. Yeah. The band song. A band is, yeah. like you
2: said, collaborative. So yeah. it's not just one person's piece of artwork. It's everybody's con- con- contribution to that piece of artwork. So mm-hmm. I definitely have experienced that like throughout group projects and mm. school and stuff, especially because... Design is very like right subjective or objective or whatever. So, and a
1: lot of people have strong opinions, lots
2: of arguing, (laughs) even uh, down to typefaces like, do you want a serif or a sans serif? And there's lots of battles around that, but it's a matter of uh coming to um compromise and figuring out what works best for everyone in
0: art. Nothing is objectively right or wrong or good or bad it's just like well if we've decided that we're trying to convey this message or intention yeah. what is going to best convey that totally yeah.
1: there's a few auteurs out there who should be given full free reign to do uh, to have full control over something but they are rare everyone else is better off this if they guy. collaborate
0: <laughs> 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 alright yeah. there's one more that we didn't read but it's another like should I go get should I get back on the horse and date again and I think we pretty much spoke to that Yeah. Um. so why don't we jump into fan service Ooh! I have to reser- resist the urge you because like, sometimes you got to just let it play.
1: Yeah. Sometimes you got to do the blah blah though
0: too. So last week we did Wakanda Forever, and um, one thing that we didn't really speak to or realize, I guess, or I don't know, talk about, was the representation of Latinos in that movie and i saw a couple comments about it and i wanted to read out one of them if i could just get this damn image to fit <laughs> my freaking screen it's okay so smile i'll hold it up <laughs> so i very rarely comment on videos but i felt like i had a couple of things to say here because i'm mixing myself and i've been following this for a while so while yes the movie was pretty average there's lots of love for this movie because of the representation of the Latino and indigenous cast and characters. Tenoch Huerta was probably the best actor they could have chosen for this role uh, for uh, Namor. He's an activist who often speaks about the pseudo caste system that exists in Latin America due to colorism and the overwhelm, overwhelmingly overwhelming amount of white Mexicans in Mexican media, media. He says in one interview that if Mexico was seen only through the eyes of the media, people would think it was a Scandinavian country. Besides that, seeing representation in the indigenous cast and seeing them visit a small indigenous village in Yucatan, Mexico, was amazing. On top of that, Nemours' origin is directly tied to the colorization of Latin America by Spain and the generational trauma that comes with that. So yeah, those are awesome points. Um, thank you for that. Obviously, we can't really speak to that. Um, but um, thank you.
1: Mm. He also, did you say a bit about it's not being our fault? Because I just really want to make sure that that's out there. What do you mean? <laughs> He he left a left a reply to his own comment. Also, you guys not understanding or relating to some of these aspects is not your fault. I still enjoyed the podcast. <laughs> but I wish you guys would have mentioned that. That's fair. Um, yeah, and that's that's totally fair. I feel like um, obviously you know I we I thought that we did a pretty good job of just like pointing those out because I thought that like like I said this is really cool. They get mm-hmm. representation, and I I loved the depiction of the uh uh oh I forget Talokans. Um, as, as that culture and not like the more Greek based Atlantean yeah. culture that is in the comics I think that was a really really cool interpretation yeah. Mm-hmm. and uh, yeah that's awesome that they were able to get uh, representation um, yeah that's it.
0: Super Saiyan Kane thank you. Uh, you guys have any other fan services?
1: Joel Siddler said your uh, David's pronunciation of whatever words is a lovable quirk thank you.
0: Okay? I like that so and I agree there's six quarks. There's up, down, top, bottom, strange, and charm. And yours is oh, this is charm, charm quark. Okay, all physics right. Physics humor for you. That's a good joke. Um,
1: yeah, no, that's well, thanks for bringing. That's, that's all I got.
0: How about now playing? Anything else? Do, you have- I do. hit the button? <gasps>
3: Hello. <laughs> uh, I finished God of War, but I won't talk about that this week. Because uh, a oh. lot of people have more time to oh. play it. Oh, okay. it's, like, it's a long game. You didn't
0: fill your cup this weekend. You played God of War.
3: <laughs> I finished it Friday. Uh, I have strong thoughts. Um, but I did watch Spirited, which is the Apple TV Christmas movie with Ryan Reynolds and yeah. Will Ferrell. Oh, yeah. It was quite good. That looked interesting. It, it's much better than I thought. It's... Uh, It's a musical, which I think they didn't do a good job conveying. Uh, In the marketing. Yeah, and it's one of those musicals that has, you know, the kind of music that's uh, enjoyable enough while it's happening, and then as soon as the song's done, you're like, what was that song again? Mm. Um, But the the charm of the movie, it nails that perfect, like, Christmas movie, you know, optimism, but a little bit of cynicism Mm. that works in the modern age. Because you can't have it, like, you know, pure optimism, but it's never like mean spirited and i thought they nailed it it was like a 7.5 the whole movie which is surprised really high for a christmas movie Hmm. but then they tried to do this like subversion thing because the the chris there's basically like a play on because spoilers now yeah we'll do spoilers so the the movie is a play on the christmas carol um where the instead of it being like just the christmas carol we're seeing behind the scenes of the haunts and every year they they choose someone and they do the christmas carol haunt on these people that help change them and they're trying to change one person a year whatever and so this year will ferrell is like the he's the ghost of christmas oh so it's the
0: perspective of the ghost it's the perspective of the ghost oh cool
3: um he's the ghost of christmas present and he's you know he's been doing it for 200 years or whatever and he's everyone wants him to retire and go to earth but he's like kind of like not sure or whatever uh and he finds ryan reynolds who's this big media influencer he, he like he's like a consultant he's a media consultant who kind of works with companies behind the scenes and when they start working those angles of like how he uses outrage to control people it's like really interesting and then it backs off from that and I was like okay that's not interesting but basically my big problem with the movie because it's good 7.5 all the way up to the end is they try and subvert the ending where The whole way, he's like, I'm not a good person. I'm not going to change. I'm not going to do this. And they do a really good job of like playing with how it's the dynamics are going. And I thought it was really successful and like not being like twists and turns, but the character drama that are happening is constantly satisfying and surprising uh, in the the perfect way. But at the end, Will Ferrell is about to get hit by a bus um, and he pushes him out of the way or whatever. And so he like sacrifices himself to save a and then time stops. And then there's when they, when the person changes, like everyone comes in and they sing a song. Cause it's like, yay, the person changed <laughs> and they do that. They sing the song and then the, the bus hits him and kills him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and it's
3: a great moment of like, Oh, excuse me. What the fuck? Uh, and then the, the head of the ghost is like, sorry, Ryan Reynolds. Like, like this sacrifice wouldn't mean anything if there wasn't a price to pay. And I'm like, okay, this is kind of interesting, mm. but It's the last Jedi of Christmas movies. Sure. But the problem is, is that the sin that Ryan Reynolds is really atoning for is that his sister, who was dying in the hospital, asked him to take care of her daughter. And he said, no. And he like shirked duty and made his brother take care of the kid. And it's like really bad. And there's a scene and like, that's like the crux, emotional crux of him changing. And it's like, you see it early in the movie. And he's like, I'm not doing this. And he runs away. And then later when he's grown a bit, he has to face it. And he does. But at the end of the movie, he doesn't have to make amends for it. He dies, oh. and he becomes the fucking ghost of Christmas present. That's like the like end of the movie, which is cute or whatever. Uh-huh. But he never talks to the fucking kid again. And then he's never like, I want to take care of you. I, I want right. to haunt you. Haunt you. Yeah, sure, haunt <laughs> you. And I think that the movie is really... This is a They thought, they thought that the ending of him becoming the Ghost of Christmas Present was a cute ending and that they sacrificed this emotional crux which I think is really strong and it totally brought the movie down to like a 5.5 for wow. me. Yeah, my,
1: my question is who's taking care of the kid now then? Uh, the, the, other bro- so the other brother. The other brother who was taking care of him. This. He was
3: like a bit of a doofus um, um, but it's such a bummer. Like He should have had to like be a better person. Yeah. I'm hate. I hate um, it's my so, angry. It's so
1: mm. weird when movies like set up something like that and you're like okay but then they just don't pay like they 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 don't manage to pay it off when when uh, to us in hindsight yeah. the, the way to pay that off is so obvious yeah it's uh the, he he addresses her in
3: the sense that early on in the movie he's so he's like a media guy he helps politicians win she comes to him she wants to run for class president and he gives her the advice he gets his person to go and find dirt on the kid she's running against <laughs> go dark and so he finds the dirt and then the like in his ghost visions the The kid, she, she releases the dirt and the kid will like in a few weeks kill himself. Damn, that's a dark movie. And so he, like at the climax of the movie, he like runs to stop her from doing it, but she has chosen not to do it. She's a better person than him. Uh, And so like at that moment, he's like, oh, I'm so proud of you. I'm so glad. But that's the end of their interaction. Mm. And even at the end of the movie, he sees Will Ferrell and Will Ferrell tells her, tells him that she's got into Harvard. And I'm like you're not at all involved in your fucking the doofus was the right choice yeah i was so mad and i was like ah that would have been such a better
0: they needed to handle that emotional through line to the end i love how like how visceral like storytelling is and you're just like when a story is wrong we don't all really know what the right elements bad elements of a story are but like and we can intuit them but maybe you can't write your own story but you just know when a story is not doing its job Mm. it's like baked in or millennia (laughs)
2: What are you watching? (laughs) Uh, I recently finished the first season of White Lotus. Have any of you watched
0: it? (laughs) My wife watched it. I
1: watched a couple episodes. Hell yeah. yeah. It's
2: really good. White Lotus
1: is one of the best shows I've ever watched.
2: It's so good, right? It's amazing. I I was watching it with Jake, and he. Was so bored of it the first like two three episodes, so he's like, "I'm classic, gonna go play COD." Classic. You watched the the movie, and then like yesterday, I had to explain what happened to him, and I was like, "How do I fit this all in?" Because the last two episodes are a fucking roller coaster. Yo. Yes, but there's it's so good, and I just started the second season. Nice.
0: Now, so. I really it like is, the tone of that show.
1: It is yeah. scathing. It is like uh, up to date on the cultural moment. Totally, uh, and it. Like it, it. I love that the show, kind of its like core structure is basically having all these, uh, very different characters and putting them together into different situations so that they can explore some like philosophical or cultural idea. Yeah. They basically just kind of get into like internet arguments where it's like, "Dad, you can't say that. Why not? Because it's like, it's uh, it's not PC." And it's like, "Well, I don't have to be woke and blah blah blah." And wait, wait, like, but this
0: uh, is this the show where it's like. Some people committing crimes in Thailand and stuff. What? No. Oh man, I totally thought this. Was, what was that? Uh, sorry, I haven't <laughs> this seen this like, at all. This is like the
1: hotel in Hawaii, right? Yes. Yeah, it's a it's a resort called resort. the White Lotus, and uh, yeah, it's just following like a bunch of guests at the resort. Uh, it's sort it, of
3: anthology format, right?
1: This no, not in the not within the season. So oh. season two is out, and uh, Lauren and I are watching that right now. Uh, it's actually like I expected the season two to be. Worse,
2: it's very so similar far, in it's tone. Great. Yeah, have, have
1: you watched these? I started. Okay. I'm
2: on episode two at nice. this point, but like, yeah, I think the show just does a really good job of balancing like the psychological aspect of it. There's some like satirical aspects mm-hmm. which are really fun. So the whole time you're kind of like. Just enjoying watching these people go through their time at the resort and all these things that are happening. And then there's so many times where something completely unexpected happens and yeah. you're like, well, I want to know what happens next. I want to mm. know what happens next.
1: It's like a perfect mix of, of uh, cultural and philosophical analysis, uh, comedy of errors, a uh, like a murder mystery. Uh, there's all these elements and it, it uh, it's it's perfect. I, I was thinking the of
0: The Serpent. Which I think I was watching when you were watching White Lotus. Oh, okay. I got oh. I watched Mandy, finally. Oh, no! Nice. Oh, did you enjoy With it? Nicholas so Cage. Good. I, uh, oh, man, was I ever enhanced? And that's, like, that's a good movie to be enhanced <laughs> for. It, you need it. It's yeah. The first hour, this movie has so much art put into it that just doesn't even need to be there. It's just, it's so artful. It does so many cool things. Uh, I thought the first hour was amazing and the second hour was like more straightforward. Mm-hmm. It, like, I it like was, some of the
3: weird temple stuff at the end. Like when he's like, don't. Like at their the the hole and shit. No spoilers. Oh,
0: I kind of remember this. I like
3: I, I like the remember. end end, but I agree. Like the last forty five, the first forty five minutes of the last
0: hour. Not into it. It was a great movie. Mm. I uh, recommend it. It's um. I understand now why like every time I asked people like what's Mandy about, no one would like say. <laughs>
1: I was just gonna ask you. Yeah. I was just gonna ask you. Could you give a quick? Uh, it's basically description, a description.
0: But... All I can say is it's a psychedelic movie where a couple gets attacked by a cult
1: okay no, yep.
0: no, yep. but yeah
1: led by mandy no no mandy is his
0: partner spoilers
1: <laughs> what the heck there's no spoilers but I mandy's remember, not a cult
0: person he's one of the couples uh, not oh, oh go. go ahead go ahead
2: <laughs> i just remember like not enjoying nicholas cage movies and then the person i was with at the time was like okay but we're gonna watch mandy and we watched it and i think that kind of reintroduced my uh, mm. my uh,
1: i get you cage for yeah, yeah for nicholas
2: cage movies
1: um my only now playing contribution is that I
0: finished Anthem, the game. I think you say Andor again. I was like, oh, and God. I, you know, I have to say, have I'm, you watched Andor? I'm five episodes into Andor. Okay, wait. Before oh, no. that, before that, I finished, I
1: finished Anthem. It's it's a Bioware game. It, it, was, it was hyped up when, in 2019 or whatever when it was coming out. I was like so stoked about it because the music and everything was so good. I just wanted to play through the game. It made it hard because it's an MMO and it like, there are points where it just like stops the story because you have to do like a side mission or whatever and that's stupid. I understand completely why it failed, but I'm really sad that it failed. The story was lackluster. I expected Mm. something, but like, it is a story and you can play it to completion and you beat the bad guy, but like, It was so unsatisfying, and I was like, "I thank goodness that I only spent." I mean, it was like a it was like a twelve hour campaign or something. Like, thank goodness that it was this short because uh, there is a reason why people were like, "The fall of Bioware is happening." It's already happened. Yeah,
3: Yeah. for me, Inquisition was the first like, "Oh, things aren't quite right." Yeah,
1: Bioware. (laughs) (laughs)
3: uh, Where Inquisition Dragon Age Inquisition was still pretty good, but it was like. There's there's like a bunch of filler and yeah. the story is kind of like uh yeah. and then they they did the EA thing of having the real ending hidden behind DLC. So the game wow. ends but then there's like a whole there's a like the real of, ending is It kind of alludes add-on. to
1: something in this one like yeah. it ends and they're like oh we just found this guy and it's mm. like okay so you want me to play like into the end game to like play to get the real ending or whatever. Um but one uh, one la- last thing about Anthem is just how much of a tragedy it is. That, like, the gameplay is super, super cool. Your Iron Man, the world is super, super interesting. I mean, like, they created so much lore for this. And as I'm playing through, it's kind of like it was kind of like reading, like, an ancient. A tome, That's cool. As if, like, there was this whole world where people spent so long, like, writing the dialogue and writing all the background and coming up with creatures and physics for how things work and blah, blah, And they just never wrote a and main it just, story. And now it's just gone. It's just dead. No one's ever going to touch this franchise ever again because it's just toxic. And it's just so sad to me. Do you know why it didn't sell? It well, has been called, and him. Okay, one of the things that... <laughs> You know, so you know it's one of the things that was one of the things that was so the name was so attractive to me because like the core uh, idea there is the anthem of creation. That's it's sort cool. of like the force, but it's like music based. And so it's like Lord of the Rings kind of like vibes there where mm-hmm. the world is created through song. That's cool. And like there's so many aspects there that was so cool. Anyways, I'm done with Anthem. You had
0: a you had a nice opportunity when you described Anthem as toxic. You could have described it as anthema. Uh, that would have been good
1: anathema ananthema. Um, okay yeah but thank you so much for watching Andor. I'm into it it's good we'll, we'll have a
3: proper we'll have a proper discussion when I get to the end Yes. Uh, it is season def- finale uh,
1: how well, many episodes is there 10 when this episode comes out the finale will have already happened well, I'll watch it all by next Wednesday week yeah I'm into it
3: it's by far the best Star Wars show easy not not even close I don't think it's like a 10 out of 10 but it's like it, it doesn't rely on the iconography in the way that is so fucking exhausting with yes. Star Wars. Where it's like, oh, you like you like these characters? You like stormtroopers? Yeah, yeah. It's just like, it's a good story with a cool universe. And like, I kind of forget that it's Star Wars in some ways. And it's just like, you enjoy it. And like, you like characters. I think it's, so far, not a ton has happened. But it's good.
1: It's almost like, th- th- I love it. And it's frustrating. Because I'm just like, why couldn't this have been what we got Instead of like the Force Awakens, it's because
3: like, that they they were relying on that iconography.
1: I know, I know, but it's like it's almost it's so berries. annoying because yeah. now Disney and uh, the people, the creative people behind Lucasfilm, are realizing that like, wait, people will really like if we make a good show and like make something that's good, and like it does. I think there are stormtroopers in two episodes. Tops. Oh, well, yeah. There's, and, like there's an and empire base, sand and stuff. troopers. Yeah. but like other than that, there's no recognizable ships really no until Jedi. until later. Yeah, uh, there's there's no bounty hunters. There's no Jedi. There's no. Sith. It's just like Star Wars wardrobe. It's like if, if even it's pretty cyberpunk. No, it's honestly it's like a it's like a down to earth or <laughs> whatever uh, Alderon uh, depiction of a story set in the Star Wars universe. The tools that they use are accurate the technology is there the you feel as if you are witnessing the early days of the rebellion in the days of the empire and it's just like everything is top-notch yep. it's just so i i don't even i repeat i end up repeating myself about this show because it's just like i can't i can't do it,
0: when it probably too diverse though hey <laughs> it's too woke
1: No, it's that's another plus for it, honestly, is that they have all this diverse casting and it works so great. There's a there's a lesbian couple in it.
0: Oh, my God. Question
3: for you. Uh, Are the flashbacks on that like on his origin planet? Are they supposed to have subtitles or is it supposed to be just like going by kind of like movements and stuff? Because when I when they're speaking in their native tongue. I don't get subtitles.
1: You have Disney Plus. What do you mean you don't get subtitles? When they're... Oh, um...
3: What's it called? Caracas? Yeah, no, I didn't ca- have... No, I didn't
1: have subtitles there okay. either, and I think it's just because it's It's like, supposed to be... Yeah, it's kind of clear what they're doing. They're, like a, a, they're like a... Indigenous... Yeah, tribe. And, Let
0: us out of here. Yeah, you're
1: right. <laughs> but... <laughs> But we'll talk about it more next. Star Wars. I just wanted to say that it doesn't have stormtroopers and doesn't have X wings. Blah blah blah. But there are actually a ton of like references like deep cuts for like hardcore. Saying, right? Yeah, for hardcore Star Wars guys, if people, if you're watching in the background and stuff, there's lots of references to things. Uh, so it's not just in your face. Okay, that's it. B- bye bye. Love you. <laughs> next week, South Park.
0: <laughs> Fuck yeah.
1: South Park, the, what's it called? Bigger, Bigger longer, longer, and
0: uncut. Cut. Oh, It's a God. circumcision <laughs> joke. They are funny. Are funny. They're funny. Those guys are funny. Cosmo was big fat bitch. The biggest fat bitch I've ever Whole wild brother. Yeah, it's it's good, this way, this way, so. be good. I can't, oh, wow, wow. Uh, My favorite character. I can't wait
1: to hear what Cartman has to say.
0: Yeah,
3: <gasps> what would Brian Boitano do? It's gonna be a good one. I'm excited. I can't I wait for, for the joke. Open
1: your heart, Riley. Open your. I watch Andor. If I'm being completely honest, it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be hard to open my heart. I believe. Really? But you're gonna love this movie. What? South Park? Yeah.
2: I guess we'll find out next week.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now I'm doing <laughs> it. Be fine. <laughs> All right. Tweet at us at tjm pod. Email us hello hellotherejustmovies.com. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. I
2: love, love you.
1: you. Bye.